Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wherever you're tuning in from, thank you very much for tuning in. Welcome to the Frying Pan Podcast 7.1. The decimal point is because today is a very special podcast. Today is a two-parter. That's right. We are flying high with the two-parters these days. That is how far we've come. Dizzy heights. Today we're going to be talking about food, namely food in Spain, which will make up the first part of this uh, this podcast. Uh, as always, I am joined by my, my friend and fellow writer, Rowan Kane in Indonesia, who's uh, been having a little bit of a tough time of it today. Is that right, Rowan? I was having a, a tough time of it this morning. Um, I, I was, I was, he- hello, by the way, Louis. Hope you're, hope you're doing well. Uh, I, I, this morning I was, I was uh, feeling a little rough, um, and that's, that's putting it, putting it uh, politely. Um, mm. I was on death's door. And uh, the only thing that, that, that turned me around was a, a quick visit to uh, Captain Deepta Stadium in Dianyar <laughs> for, for Bali United's inaugural home match uh, against the team from Jakarta. They're playing in a, in a, in a cup competition. Um, and, uh, yeah, me and my 25,000 of my fellow uh, Bali United supporters were out there in the 35-degree sun. And, and, well, I was in shade, but many of them were in the sun. Um, and uh, yeah, cheered on a, 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 a three 0 victory for 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 Bali United. So turn things around today. Fantastic. Well, it's good to know uh, that Bali United have uh, got off to such a fantastic start, especially after you explained last week that there may not have been a start at all. Um, so I'm on the Bali United, and uh, here at the frying pan, we are at the cutting edge of football technology. So. If you want to hear about the trials and tribulations of Bally United, this is legitimately one of the best avenues that you can come to. I would imagine. I think it might be. I think it might be the only venue that you could come to and hear about Bally United in English. So, yeah, there you go. Fantastic. We always go for it, the niche market, and this is a uh, truly niche, truly yeah. niche. So, so Louis, um, I know you mentioned already this, that this is the first part of a two-part. Uh, uh, yeah, podcast, um, and we we decided to, to to break it up because food is such a, a lovely topic uh, to go into, and we, we we figured that that giving ten minutes each to Spanish food and Indonesian food doesn't really do either of them justice. Um, so, Lou, I, I I have to ask since 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 we're focusing on on Spanish food for the first, for this first this first half hour. What uh, what what are what are the delicacies there? What do you what do you partake in on a day to day basis? Um, on a day to day basis, it's um, um, not dissimilar, not dissimilar to, uh, to 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 other kind of food, except uh, for the flavors. Um, the Spanish food only comes with with two, possibly three flavors. No, no, sorry, two flavors. One is paprika and salt, and the other one is garlic and salt. Um, and there's there's no real variation on this at all. Both of them are pretty good. Like I'll, I'll be honest with you, they are they are pretty good. Um, but the one it does get a little bit samey after after a while. You you mentioned delicacies, and the actual area that I'm in, the local delicacy is caracoles. Uh, and for the less uh, Spanish-minded of you all, that is sort of small snails, the likes of which that you see. Uh, we're not talking about the kind of British golf ball size snail. We're talking about a sort of half, half, half of that. Uh, the ones you see kind of climbing up whitewashed houses in in uh, Picasso paintings from his early work, that kind of thing. Um, and this is the the local the local delicacy. 
uh, the flavor of which is paprika and salt um, and, and snails. That is, that is the number one in terms of, uh, in, in terms of local, local produce. So it's almost, it's almost like an escargot kind of. Um, I'll be honest, I've actually never had the kind of escargot thing. Uh, my short time in France is not usually tarnished by having to eat snails or stooping anything like to their level. So, uh, well, do you, do you like the, the, the local snail? The short answer is no. Um, the short answer is no, uh, principally, well, I was offered this as when it was snail season, when it was a little wetter than it is now. Um, unfortunately, the weather has come back to uh, full-on summer. It kind of it was a week of glorious thirty-two, and now summer is back and back with a vengeance. Uh, sort of weather straight from Satan's armpits. It has come back to like forty degrees and really very very humid and overcast too. So I apologize if I am um, on, on the video feed, if I become a sort of sweating mess uh, in, in the course of this podcast. Anyway, not to divulge into weather, which is another different subject altogether. When it was the rainy season, I suppose you could call that, or spring in, in European speak, um, there was a plethora and of, of, of snails everywhere and the bars were festooned with, with snails. Now, the way they serve them is they sort of boil them up in this big in their own kind of juice sort of thing in a big pot with paprika and salt and then from that they serve them in a little bowl and you are served a drink with it which is the stock of the snail they cooked it in um, and that truly is disgusting that that part um, drinking snail stock at, at any point should never be high on the list of people's priorities each to their own though the main issue about the snails is not the taste of the snails, is the technique of which you have to eat them, um, of which there is two techniques. Um, if you are a foreigner and uh, a sort of a bit of a pussy in Spanish terms, you, you attack it with a toothpick and sort of prize this thing out of its tiny shell, um, which is both messy and very unrewarding at the end. Uh, but if you are truly Spanish and well accustomed to it, there is uh, this fairly foul sucking technique where you tease it out by sort of giving it a real a real suck and uh biting it before you inhale the shit sack which is uh contained at the bottom of the shell um i don't know much about biology or how snails feed but i think it's some sort of filter system uh, which means the bottom of a snail is uh, effectively a sack of piss and shit which tastes fucking horrible. Um, and if you are accustomed to eating them, you know, when, you know when to bite. It's all about sucking and knowing when to bite. Um, I imagine girls might know a bit more about like eating snails than guys do, to be honest. But um, hey. you, never, you never know. Yeah. It, um, yeah, in fact, thinking about it, all my mentors for it were women, but um, I never read into it that, that well. Um, and, and the men of this town seem, seem so, fairly well satiated, but yeah. So you, you've given us a you know, lot to unpack there, a lot to unpack there. Uh, mm. how, first of all, how big are these snails? Um, we're talking hmm, in, in monetary terms, for the British listener, it's about the size of a 5p coin. So small. Uh, 
Yeah, for for the American listener, maybe the size of a penny. I think you call a dime. More a like dime. A dime. Ah, a okay. dime. Yeah, a dime. Yeah. So small. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not very fulfilling at all. They they don't they don't fill you up. You need to eat maybe a thousand of them to be full. Okay. So they're so they're they're a snack type thing. Uh, yeah, it's like a snack and social thing. It's it, there's actually I think there's a verb to snail kind of thing where you get together and drink the stock and eat the bastards. Interesting. So is this so this this brings me on to like the like the my second question is is it, does this are are there tapas like that's what Spanish food is known for like that's when you see the stereotypical Spanish food it's tapas is this a part of tapas do you have tapas in in the frying pan. Yeah, tapas is pretty big here. Um, The difference being that um, tapas is, it doesn't really mean the same thing that it means to people in in Britain. You see, in Britain, tapas, and maybe in America too, tapas means um, a tiny volume of food that you uh, pay the same amount as a regular volume of food in in Britain. Maybe in America this is true as well? To an extent, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For example, a bowl of olives will be like seven pounds. Um, <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's an olive fundamentally. So, so tapas here basically means um, the small, the small portion. You can choose between tapas and plato, which is like half portion and big portion, and um, because they eat a bit more socially than the sort of Anglo-Saxon world. They have a lot of small dishes to share, and this is what tapas sort of really means. And snails are very much a part of the tapas culture. I I can only imagine having a full um, portion of snails, like in the region of 100, would be overkill to a, a point of extreme illness. Yeah. And are they served with anything else, or are they just served by themselves? Are they served with, like, crackers or cheese or or... No, Anything? just the the stock, only the the like stock of their like, uh, which is the stock of them, and also the kind of bags of snail shit and piss that have kind of dissipated within the in the cooking process, um, and that's like that's the ultimate. That's what's the good part of the dish, or that's what's perceived to be the the tasty the part. Stock. The stock, mm, the, the stock. Yeah. yeah, you get it yeah. in a little shot glass, and you're sort of supposed to sip it. And apparently, it's um, a very good hangover cure. Uh, I think it might be because of the salt. Yeah, the salt and the that's mm-hmm. supposed to be good for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when the phrase "kill or cure," I think with a shot glass of snail stock, really would uh, would 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 uh, typify that 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 phrase there. Yeah. So how are these how are these snails harvested? Are they just kind of picked off houses? Or are there farms or what is the, and is this a regional thing? Is this just around where you are or is it kind of all over the south of Spain or all over Spain? I think it's all over the south. I don't think it's that big a deal um, up north. But you know Europeans, like, I mean, they did in France. So I suppose it probably hasn't been lost in translation from uh, here to there. Excuse me. Um, But I, so I I couldn't comment about the north. Um, In terms of where they come from yeah if you want to do it rustically you can just grab them off the ground um i think something that is quite important is what they've been eating uh Mm. because you can like go down to the river here and just like get millions of them 
but the river is basically what they like empty the sewage of the houses on the edge of town onto so I imagine snails eat that and uh, maybe it enhances the flavour but it's also probably like ridiculously dangerous so there is a man who comes around in a truck who works in a, a on what I guess is called a snail farm I, I assume and uh, delivers them um, he has like an articulated lorry and delivers them that way Okay. So is, is this the only, this sounds like a, a, a seasonal delicacy. Are there summer delicacies? Is there a fall? Is there a winter kind of thing as well? I know you haven't been there for too long, but you've been, been through enough, of, enough to kind of... Yeah, to get, a, get a good picture of it. Um, snails is the one thing that's like, that is quite a, quite a delicacy, quite a sort of a specific time. It's the spring, the spring food. Um, Strangely enough, con- considering for the summer, and I think I touched on this in another in another podcast, is uh, that their food, apart from in spring when they have snails, doesn't actually change um, at all. And the one thing that you'd expect there to be here, which there isn't in restaurants, is salad. Um, and I'm Scottish, and I, uh, I and I would have thought that this would have been a good thing, um, but it turns out that after a while in the blazing heat and i i don't use blazing blithely here it's uh it's really fucking hot um and like all you really want is a is a is a salad kind of tomatoes and lettuce would be perfect and it's not really a thing as like a main dish here um instead what what happens is they they are a huge fan of like the hearty hearty cooking um which actually it brings me on to my next point which is um they have like quite a big drinking culture here when they eat as well and like if you go out for dinner or like when I go out for dinner I'm always like fucking blazing by the time it's finished like um, no one else seems to be but like yeah, I was like, going to say is that just you Luke? yeah <laughs> and maybe they have a bit more restraint but like usually by the end I'm like really drunk and um, you go through like bottles of wine and beer and then like a couple of like sort of gins at the end to kind of break it all down and over the course of like three hours so usually the days after I'm like you know I'm uh, well no different from normal but I'm, I'm, I'm quite hungover a lot of the time here and uh, that is the one thing Spanish people do not have is they do not have a, a hangover food which is um, which is a pity I, I noticed obviously in, in Scotland is it's all hangover food yeah, there isn't really. Yeah. They don't. They have the opposite problem, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, and I don't really. I mean, I, I've only been to America. Well, I've been to America quite quite a lot. I've travelled fairly extensively in America, and I, I could say that America are also down with the um, idea of a very greasy food in, uh, you know, in in lieu of uh, sobriety the next day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're talking about the heat a little bit, and mm. you're saying that it's hearty kind of. Uh, cooking, yeah, and and it's not the case here. But I've been like craving some kind of hearty-ish food here. So I I made some made some uh, macaroni the other night with mm-hmm. some, some kind of like uh, uh, cheese, like a carbonara kind of thing, but not not egg, like a cheese carbonara, and yeah. uh, like a cheese sauce. And uh, the cheese doesn't go very well in the heat here. But Spanish mm. cheese is. Like that's a thing, right? Spain Spain has a certain degree of cheese culture. Is yeah. that still still there, or is it? Or yeah, 
they don't have a big one down here to be fair okay. actually like okay. all the dairy is like quite firmly based in the north and okay. if you spend a week here you will understand why um yeah. if you leave they they have their cheese culture isn't really as good as say like france as much as it pains me to say it the french are really good at making cheese um yeah and even sort of Italy as well, they seem to have done done pretty well. Um, in terms of Spanish cheese, like if you buy cheese from the supermarket and uh, like don't refrigerate it, it's it's like an absolutely horrendous mess. Um, and cheese does strange things when it's really warm. Like it, it, it sort of like grows <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> It certainly sort of sometimes forms a sort of impenetrable protective layer. Um, it's, it sweats, it's, yeah, mm, yeah. So Not they good. don't, yeah, they don't have like a big um, cheese culture here actually, and most of the cheese in the supermarket is like imports from Germany and France. Um, the main thing they do have is an obsession with mayonnaise here. Like, I would say a dangerously unhealthy obsession with mayonnaise. What do they put mayonnaise on that shouldn't have mayonnaise on it? Well, everything. Um, there's, like, everything uh, comes with with uh, a lot of mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is definitely the condiment of choice here. Um, ketchup comes, like, a distant second. Um, mayonnaise is incredibly, incredibly popular um, and is... Uh, I use the word typified again. It with two dishes, two dishes uh, which are starters. Um, one of which is ensaladilla, which is a sort of take on the Russian salad. Uh, for the UK listeners, I don't know in uh, America if you have Russian salad. Not really. I mean, we have Russian salad dressing, but not mm-hmm. like actual Russian salad. But I know what a Russian salad kind of yeah. Yeah, sort of just a bunch of potatoes and sort of carrots literally smothered in mayonnaise like absolutely smothered in it um and we also have like what is the most disgusting thing in in the world which is called marisco um which is a russian salad with added um tentacles and or sorted shellfish um sort of all in the mix um and left in a counter on a bar to sort of vaguely sweat throughout the day wait for a, a drunk guy to, to take it on, which must happen because it's very popular here. It's, it is very popular. The key is going at, you need to go to the tapas bars when they cook the tapas. The tapas is usually left out. They cook it and they just leave it out for people to eat it. Um, yeah. you, need to, you need to go at 12 or 7 uh, or like two very good times to get tapas rather than if you go at sort of 5, it's been there for like a while. Um, and flies are quite a big issue here. So what, what, what you're kind of driving at here is that unlike the countryside culinary cultures, there's a little alliteration for you there. Hmm, the, beautiful. The, the countryside culinary cultures of, say, France and Italy where you go and you'll find like really just really good food in the middle of nowhere. The countryside cuisine in Spain uh, leaves much to be desired. It certainly sometimes leaves a lot to be desired. They do have plenty of good things. And if you want, like, a pork steak with some chips and the flavor of the pork steak to be either paprika or garlic, uh, it's uh, it's perfect. And, like, sometimes yeah. that is exactly what you want, like a garlic pork steak with chips. 
Yeah. And they've got that down. They have that okay. completely, um, like, sorted. No problem. Okay. Okay. So that's so they so they 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 do have a comfort zone that they that if you if if you stay within you you can be you can be reasonably happy and, and reasonably satisfied. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, on a sort of um, wider note, the Spanish people are, are incredibly intolerant of other types of food, which is fascinating, actually. Um, and obviously, British food is probably the worst in Europe. I mean. Certainly up there. I, I, maybe some of the Eastern European countries run it close, but Brit, Britain has like an exceptionally low food culture, and Spanish food culture, don't get me wrong, is much better on the whole than, than British food culture. Um, but they are very intolerant to like new flavors and uh, new new things, which is weird because they were sort of uh, the best example of this is chili. They they really re- almost resent chili. It's as if like. The, it's the last like bastion of Moorish occupation, uh, and they won't touch it. They really won't. It's um, it's impossible to buy. It's impossible to even find in a fruit shop. Um, you can buy chilies, but they've been like genetically enhanced to not be spicy, which is which is fascinating. Um, uh, and Morocco is maybe uh, two hundred kilometers south of where I am right now. Uh, so you'd think like chili would be a big thing, but no, absolutely not. No. Maybe it has something to do with the with the Moors. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I figure. So I think I think will you 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 told me you had a really good expat experience this week, mm. and I think I think we should get into that. I think I think it's time to time to hear about your extraordinary expat experience. Yeah, well, um, obviously last week, as you know, I went to Madrid uh, for the weekend. Uh, I should say this expat experience of the week does tie in with the concept of food. Um, I, anyway, I was in Madrid at the weekend uh, for the standard meetup of British people abroad, which uh, is usually find people watch football and get very drunk. Um, on the Friday before leaving, I had a chicken steak uh, here in in uh, in the town, and uh, it was the first time I've I've really dealt with proper proper food poisoning. Um, and I'd be very interested for next week's podcast. I, I'm sure uh, Indonesian food may have uh, done for you as well. But this is this was like the first kind of time I've I've really had some had had like proper proper kind of food poisoning. So some of the, the hygiene standards in restaurants are questionable. I think in Britain they're probably a bit anal. Actually, they're, they're probably too much. You but have here, no idea, Louis. You mm. have no idea about. We'll get to that next time, but please continue. No, no. So I've always had my doubts about this. Anyway, I woke up on the Saturday feeling like a bit rough, and I only had a few beers with the dinner, so I knew it wasn't like it wasn't hangover. And uh, anyway, I, I went around, went to Madrid, made it to Madrid. It was fantastic. We were walking around the center, and Madrid's a great city. Like it really is. A, it is. It's a nice, it's it a nice, is. nice place. It's got good, uh, good bars, good nightlife, good people. Like the whole thing's actually, it's a good place. I'd strongly recommend visiting. Anyway, we I, kind of I walked. Concur. Great. No, no, it's a, it is. It's a good one. It is a good one. Um, anyway, we've been sort of walking around, looking at some of the touristy stuff, and uh, my stomach was going nuts, like really nuts. But I didn't really want to be like, oh, guys, I've got to, I've got to go home. I feel a bit rough, you know, and that that would have would have sucked. So I got to this point where I couldn't. We we were drinking in a bar, and it. It was like H hour. That was it hit critical mass of what was going on in my stomach, and I thought like fuck, like 
it's got to come out and it's going to come out one or the other way. And I never thought it might be both. Anyway, I, oh, no. I went, to the, went to the bathroom. Sorry, that's very American of me. I went to the toilet and uh, it, was, it was down to like this kind of horrible, um, horrible Sophie's equation. Choice. Like the, the, the anti-Sophie's Choice. I guess it'd be yeah. the Catch-22, but yeah. Mm. Sorry. So I was like, yeah, it was an absolute that, the anti-Sophie's Choice. I, I had the porcelain throne in front of me. And it was either sick or shit, yeah. and uh, that was this is what I what I what I had uh, in terms of uh, in terms of what I could do. So I thought like fuck, like uh, what am I actually going to do here? What am I actually going to do? And then nature took hold, and I <laughs> threw up with such vigor, like such incredible. Um, just like projectiles and just the physics of it was quite amazing. It was literally like uh, that Yellowstone National Park style, yeah. um, proper. <laughs> Old faithful. Oof, and how. And it, with such vigor that I completely lost control of my bowels also. And uh, <laughs> like what I would describe as, and I've described it before as this, as regally shitting myself. Um, so I was kind of like, and I destroyed the toilet as well. Like the sick was like beyond, uh, it was a bit of shame. There was only one toilet and I could hear there was someone waiting to use it after me. And uh, Spanish toilets are the best, of, are, are good at the best of times. But yeah, done that, kind of followed through with like a plum, I would say. And uh, so that was that. That was that. And um, it's interesting what you do in these situations is uh, whether you try and try and cover it up or you sort of just kind of get on with it. And I, I thought that sort of getting on with it would be the best best course of action of just saying, right, lads, this is uh, this is the situation. Explained the situation. Went home and uh, sort of got on with the day. I felt, I felt fantastic afterwards. Like, I felt fantastic I afterwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, it was proper. Um, they talk about those purge diets. I fucking tell you, you just come down here and eat one of those chicken steaks and you will be absolutely sorted. Um, but yeah, that was, that was my... Uh, it was... I had a lot of low... Like, Rowan, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of low, low moments in my life. And... There was like a, a sort of maybe five second period after I'd thrown up, before I'd shot myself, where I thought like, well, <laughs> this is pretty low. And then it, it, sort it of only just, went lower. It just sort of happened, like without me really controlling it. And then I thought, no, nah, now this is the nadir. This is it. And uh, that, was, that was that. That was that. So um, I can tick off Madrid as one of the many European capitals that I have thrown up or shat myself in, and I'm—I mean, actually, many, many European cities that I've, I've done that. Uh, Just so that's taking them off, taking them off one by one. Yep, I'm going to start working on Eastern Europe. Actually, no, I've done a few of them as well. Like, I mean, we're 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 really quite covered. Actually, it's almost everywhere I've been. There's some weird pattern to it. I need to get myself to Cardiff. That's a, a glaring omission. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm 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 having trouble coming up with one myself of my my, my uh, weekly expat experience. But I think I'll just I'll just go a little bit more in depth about the game 
today. Mm, yeah, no, we'd, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, uh, Bali United won 3-0, as I, as I think I explained. And uh, the president of Indonesia was in the building um, uh-huh. today, yeah. And uh, so I, my, my latest Semuang story is about how Indonesia is very, not unwelcoming to foreigners, because they're very welcoming, but it, there's a very strong dichotomy between the local population and uh, the white population or the foreign population. And it's, it, you feel it a lot, and I, I felt it today walking into the stadium when I had my Bali United top on today, which I ah, have on currently. Okay. Yeah, this is their, this is their away kit. Um, mm. But uh, uh, so I was wearing this, and I was getting, like, literal laughs and, like, people pointing fingers at me uh, about a white guy in a Bali United <laughs> top. And I think I might have been the only one there. Uh, my buddy I was with had a, just a red top on because that's their that was their, that's their home color, um, but yeah, it was just getting getting a lot of jeers, a lot of not a jeers so much as but just, but there were a few and okay. uh, and, brick, and, and comments and yeah yeah just kind of comments and oh ha 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 look 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 so it, it was uh, and being six five in a country where the <laughs> average height is like five two doesn't really help either. No, I guess um, you are quite a spectacle, I guess, in that, in yeah, that sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was that. Uh, got into the game. Uh, it, this, this is the President's Cup, and this is the first, um, first uh, uh, tournament or first competitive match since the season was supposed to start in – supposed to start in February. We've gone through this. Supposed to start in February. Started in early April, was postponed after two games, and then hasn't been played since. So this is kind of in lieu of a season this year. Um, and uh, so this is the first competitive match since April. Uh, and uh, the president of Indonesia, uh, President Joko Widodo, a.k.a. Jokowi, was, <laughs> was in the building not, not 20 yards from where I was sitting. Uh, somehow I, I, we blagged our way into the VVIP section uh, and we're sitting, um, yeah, like right, right to his right, about 20, 20 yards to his right. And we thought to ourselves, or we mentioned that there's no other country, well, no Western country in the world, certainly not the U.S. and likely not uh, the U.K. either, where you could be 20 feet or 20 yards from the president uh, having almost no security and paying like $15 for a ticket, for a, very, for a VVIP ticket. Mm, that's pretty unlikely. I don't yeah. think, I mean, it's, uh, the, the idea of like the British Prime Minister even going to a football match is like beyond contemplation really so yeah uh but yeah that was that was it and and that that the walk from the uh from the from the parking lot to the stadium didn't quite get rid of my hangover but the 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 uh spirit of the game certainly helped and then by the end i by the drive home i was feeling feeling a little better and and now i'm i'm almost recovered not not quite but uh hunger took over and because i i i Hadn't had anything to eat all day, so hmm. so That's good. Uh, yeah, I'm still 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 starving, even though I've had dinner and a sandwich. But we'll 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 sort that out later. But yeah, um, that's that's. No, we'll come cool. on to it. Come on to it next week about uh, being starving in uh, in Indonesia for for you yeah. personally, anyway. Rather Absolutely. than any kind of so that's a great social affliction. Yeah, that's a great segue. So I think we'll leave it at that, Lou. Absolutely. Well, Rowan has been uh, mixing it with the high uh high and famous in uh, in indonesia 
I've been mixing my body fluids on the floor of a Madrid toilet. Uh, and on that note, we will bow out of uh, the frying pan episode 7.1. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you want to follow us or follow the podcast, you can. We actually have a new website, which Rowan will tell you about in a second. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me at my magazine, which is Talking Soup Magazine. Or if you tweet at Talking Soup Magazine on Twitter. Rowan, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the new site. Yeah, big news today, guys, or this week. Uh, not only do we have a new site, uh, thefryingpanpodcast.wordpress.com, um, which is looks good, very simple, but but uh, uh, aesthetically pleasing. But we are also on iTunes now, so we can subscribe to uh, the Frying Pan Podcast on iTunes. Just type in, search the Frying Pan on your iTunes store, uh, subscribe. Uh, give us a rating, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we're moving up in the world, Lou. We're, we're, we are moving up in the world. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, um, at Kane on Twitter, uh, or you can check out my blog, semawongstories.wordpress.com. Um, good chat this week, Lou. Man, always love talking about it. Always love talking about it. It's always a good time. It's Just keeping it in the gutter. Keeping it in the gutter. Mm, that's what we're yeah Oscar Wilde said something about being in the gutter and looking up at the stars um, but this is kind of that without the stars bit especially if you're face down in the gutter like that he never he never factored that in yeah pretentious wanker anyway by the by by the by anyway folks <laughs> tune in next week to hear about Indonesian food and some more expat experiences uh I'm Lou Rive. Thank you very much for tuning in. Rowan, thank you very much for talking to me today. Thank you, Lou. Have a good week. You too, Rowan. Everybody else, take care. Arrivederci. Send lawyers, guns, and money.